0: This is Toronto Today on TSN 1050, the voice of Toronto sports.
1: Hey, happy Friday, everybody. Andy McNamara with you until 1 p.m. Then we'll have the Scott MacArthur Show take over through to overdrive, and then it's on to the long weekend. Hope everybody has a safe drive wherever they're going. If it's up to the cards, maybe you're starting right now to try to beat the traffic. Although there always seems to be whatever the strategy is, everybody else always thinks of it too, driving wise. People are like, I'll leave Friday morning. Ha! No one's going to beat me there. And then it's packed. Or I'll just wait till Saturday morning or late Friday. Always packed. Pretty much unless you leave for the long weekend Wednesday, you're screwed. You're going to be stuck in traffic. But I'll be able to keep you company for the next couple of hours. We're going to talk Blue Jays. We're going to have uh, Craig Button on, TSN resident scout and GM for TSN. Talk about the World Junior Summer Showcase. That's on TSN. He's calling those games. Check out some Leaf prospects, what to expect coming out of that tournament. Uh, lots of NFL talk too, folks. We had the uh, opener of the, the NFL preseason. Last night was the Arizona Cardinals falling 20-18 to 18 to the Dallas Cowboys. So, we'll talk about NFL training camp storylines at 12.05 with Zig Cassie, host and anchor for Sirius XM NFL Radio. Also, in about 10 minutes' time, Jake Seely, senior writer at Roto Experts, Fantasy Sports Net. Jake is one of the premier minds in fantasy football and also baseball, too. He was like the top ranked uh, player ranker the last two years in a row. So, we'll get you ready for your fantasy football draft. We had some tips yesterday. Going to go over wide receivers and some sleeper picks today to get you ready to take some notes for your fantasy football draft because that'll be coming up next couple weeks, I'm sure, as the preseason goes on. Uh Jays, after the off day, back in action. You got Cesar Valdez making his third start for the Blue Jays. And the last time out for, for Cesar, his... uh His last start, um, it didn't didn't go so well. He's been inconsistent, right? He's been up and down. He had uh, six earned runs and two innings last time he was out. And the time before that, he went six innings, allowed one run, five hits. You're going up against the best team in the American League, in the Houston Astros. Brad Peacock gets a start for them. And really, for this point, it's, all right, what are we... What are we thinking with the Jays? I, I guess see what see what Caesar can do. See if you can have veterans break out of slumps and just finish strong. Still a long grind. It's like two months left of the baseball season. And if you're the Eternal Optimist, the Jays technically not out of it. But they're they're out of it. They're not mathematically out of it, but you let's have the update there. Eight and a half games. Out of first place in the East, so we know that that's not happening. Boston and the Yankees keep swapping uh, first and second place. Wildcard-wise, they are five and a half back of Kansas City. Now, that seems to be within striking distance, potentially, right? Still have to get by. It was seven teams yesterday. Minnesota, Texas, Baltimore, Angels, Seattle, Tampa Bay, Kansas City. Still have to jump over all those teams as the Jays sit at 51 and 57. But also, this is this is going to be our first poll question here, and it's about the Raptors. You had the uh, NBA on ESPN on Twitter, so at uh, NBA on ESPN, put out their projected records in the NBA this year. So the, for the Eastern Conference, they had the Celtics forty nine point four wins, Cavs forty nine point two, Wizards forty seven and a half, Bucks forty six point nine, Hornets. So we're down to five. Notice the team missing? Yeah, the Raptors. 43.4 projected wins for the Toronto Raptors. Underneath them is the Miami Heat, the Pistons, the 76ers, Magic, Pacers, Nets, Bulls, and in last place, the Atlanta Hawks. So the question I'm putting out there is, um, with those projected wins, again, 43.4, sixth projected by ESPN in wins in the Eastern Conference. How many wins do you think the Raps are going to get? How many think you're, they're going to win? Are they going to be under 43? So come short? Do 43 to 47? 48 to 50? Or 50 plus? You can vote on Twitter at TSN 1050 Radio. Myself at Mc 81 How many wins do the Raptors get this year? They added CJ Miles. Lowry's back. Essentially the same core. right? CJ Miles is going to give you a little bit more three-point shooting. Corey Joseph is gone. Damari Carroll gone. So where do you think you're at? Is producer Joe Narsa back there? Is he floating around? Joe? You chatting back there, Joe?
2: Always chatting. Wow. We're having a good time back here. Wow. You're missing a good one here. You're missing
1: a good show, buddy. Oh, I don't know. Well, the poll question, which you just put up. I did. I was trying you, to put up a second one. And you didn't tag uh, at ESPN. On NBA, like I asked, but you just did ESPN, which is fine. Uh, how many wins do you think the Raptors are going to get with the projection? Sixth six in the Eastern Conference. That seems low to me.
2: What are you thinking? I'm thinking over 43. Has to be over 43. Like The, the Hornets? I, I don't understand how the Raptors have gotten worse when Cleveland is about to get really worse. Well, and I don't know if Boston is as good as people think they are. Like I was speaking before, is Gordon Hayward better than Demar Derozan right now? I don't think so. He's a nice. He's certainly a a nice piece,
1: but the Raptors had fifty-one wins last year.
2: Without and don't forget, a lot of those wins came before their new big three of Ibaka, Lowry, and Derozan. And in the years before this. Lowry was a lot, a little bit more healthy. Mm-hmm. Last year he was hurt a lot more than the year before. And DeRozan is continuing to develop a long-range game. And he came on the station two weeks ago and he told Gareth Wheeler, straight up, he goes, I'm working on my three. but The game is trending. Yeah, he always, Each offseason he tries to get better at something. Yes, I don't understand them being six, but you know what? I think it's better because this team needs a chip on their shoulder.
1: They do. And they, they need... I, I think with the Kyrie situation, there's not the same... In Cleveland, there's not the same... Um, just complacency, at least on my part, where it was, well, we're just playing to try to not play Cleveland too early in the playoffs. Because if you do, it's over. We saw that. But now, who knows what happens with Kyrie Irving. There is certainly, um, he doesn't want to be there. That's public. He was laughing along with Steph Curry making fun of LeBron at a wedding in a video. But Dan Gilbert, the owner of the Cavs, doesn't have to trade him. He, he doesn't need to trade him. So he could show up. And teams are going to try to hold him hostage right now, right? Well, we're not giving you X or Y. And really, Kyrie Irving, if, if, he's, if he's playing at the level he can, there's, there's no question that the Cleveland Cavaliers are a, a way better team than Kyrie Irving. Like, with Kyrie Irving. like You're going up against Golden State. Who are stacked upon stacked. And you expect to contend without Kyrie? So, uh, that's why with the Raptors, I think there's a great chance. And you've seen Cleveland mails it in for so much of the, the regular season. Now you can vote at TSN 1050 Radio. We can open the phones too. 416-870-1050. 416-870-1050. Not just Raptors. though. You want to talk Raptors? Want to talk NFL? Fantasy football tips, Blue Jays, whatever you want to Friday, folks. I'm in a, a brightly colored Hawaiian shirt, looking dapper if I do say so myself. Joe Narsa hates terrible. it. Joe Narsa hates it.
2: You look. You definitely look like you You're are jelly, bro. fully committed to couching for the rest of your life.
1: <laughs> listen, this isn't. Uh, this isn't just some. You know, you go to the corner store and get a Hawaiian shirt. This is authentic Honolulu, baby. With
2: a stain on your right
1: shoulder, that which I a, don't
2: understand. That you get a stain on your shoulder. Listen that. It it looks like it could be barbecue sauce from years
1: ago. I I don't know, but it is it is not noticeable. You were looking for a fault and to the common eye they would not notice that one. Did no. you
2: wear this shirt in Hawaii? Yes. Is wearing a Hawaiian shirt in Hawaii the equivalent of wearing, like, an I Heart New York shirt in New York? <laughs> because I don't think Hawaiian guys wear Hawaiian shirts. They do! Shirts. No, they do Well, don't. at least on
1: tour, like, when they're giving tours. Those guys are
2: working. To. That's a uniform. So you either look like a tour guide yeah. or you look like a tourist.
1: A tourist. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure they do. They're comfortable shirts. They're, they're airy. They're flowy. I'm pretty comfortable. It's humid in here. You want me me to wear a suit in here?
2: Sweat? Yes, you should. No. Poor Steve Phillips the other day in here for the trade deadline. Oh, That guy grinds it, man. He was suiting it up, walking up and down to the studio to go to TV and coming back here. And you know what? The hair didn't move. It was still epic. It is
1: phenomenal hair by Steve Phillips. You're right. He brings it, keeps it pro, even though sweating buckets in here. That's why I'm going Hawaiian, man. I'm going Hawaiian. We're going to jump on and get some fantasy football advice in. Uh, actually we can do that any minute, Joe, with uh, Jake Seely, senior writer, talent evaluator for Roto Experts and on the Fantasy Sports Network. And we'll uh, we'll chat some more Raptors as the as the day goes on. What do you think of that that win line? ESPN, given the Raptors zero respect, sixth in the Eastern Conference, they project them at 43.4 wins coming off of a 51 win season. I don't see where the Raptors got what, eight wins worse? I don't see that. All right, Celtics got better. Cavs up in the air. Wizards, Bucks, Hornets, more wins? I don't know about that. And the Heat knocking on the door right behind the Raptors. And you can have uh, the options under 43, 43 to 47, 48 to 50 wins or 50 plus at TSN 1050 Radio at Andy MC81. And our second poll question, which we'll get into with the NFL, um, again, at TSN 1050 Radio. Which NFL team do you feel has the best chance to knock off the defending Super Bowl champion, New England Patriots, and capture the Super Bowl? Now, this could mean eliminating them in the conference championships, actually in the Super Bowl. The names we put down, Cowboys, Packers, Steelers, Raiders. Or, of course, you can tweet in your own, at AndyMCD1, at TSN uh, 1050 Radio. Uh, we'll get into that poll question more. at Zig for Cassie at 12.05. And uh, have some fantasy football talk in just a couple of minutes here. Jays, again, uh, they're playing Argos. Tough loss last night to kick off Week 7 of the CFL season. 41-24 to the Calgary Stampeders. More importantly, Ricky Ray hurt shoulder. Got smashed into the turf. Came up, was grimacing after. He's going to get it evaluated today, but uh, you do not want Ricky Ray missing any time. He was, has been sensational this season. Montreal in the bye week, so they're still in first place in the East Division. Uh, for all your CFL news and coverage, too, you can check out my show, CFL Weekly, Wednesdays at 7 here on TSN 1050 or podcast at tsn1050.ca under the show pages CFL Weekly and on Twitter at Andy MCD1. Okay, so the NFL season, unofficially, kind of officially, preseason wise, got underway. Yesterday, Arizona Cardinals, Dallas Cowboys. Blaine Gabbert was playing. Boy, he tossed up 885 yards. I love it because this is where you have Kellen Moore, pro football focus, giving him 100-plus passer rating. Kellen Moore lighting it up. Doesn't matter. But what about for your fantasy team, your fantasy draft coming up? These pools are going to happen very soon. They're coming up, and I always like to try to provide some, some sort of tips we focused on the quarterbacks a little bit yesterday. We get into wide receivers and sleepers today. On the line now, senior writer and talent for Roto Experts and the Fantasy Sports Network, Jake Seely on the line. Jake, how's it going, bud? I'm doing good. How you been? Doing good. Doing good, man. Last time we spoke, it was uh, on, on ba- uh, the baseball fantasy side, I guess, as the season chugs along. But now, hey, Dallas and Arizona kicked it off on the uh, Hall of Fame game. So when when you're looking at at this this year, studying, getting ready for this fantasy draft. I chatted yesterday about, okay, running backs, you're always, you always seem to be chasing them if you don't take them early. What's the strategy wide receiver wise? Is it is it go, if you can get Antonio Brown as early as possible, go there? Because it seems like, although you want the top guy, obviously, you can find value lower and throughout the season.
0: Oh, very easily. A wide receiver continues to be even deeper than it's ever been before, especially now that PPR is becoming more prevalent, despite the fact that I hate PPR. (laughs) It's still becoming more prevalent nowadays, and people are playing in those type of leagues. You're going to be able to mine value at the wide receiver position further and further down the board. I'm still taking Antonio Brown. Number four overall in non or PPR, it's just he's the best receiver, most consistent in the game. Julio Jones is the only one that can eclipse him, but Julio Jones is always dealing with a foot issue. Yeah, but you're looking at those first two rounds, and as you just said, I've been I subscribed to this theory for my entire career, basically whether you want to call a theory or strategy, whatever it may be, it's, it's the bell cow. I want to come out of the first two rounds with a bell cow running back. And it doesn't have to be a bell cow in your typical sense of NFL where he's guaranteed to get the ball 22 times per game. I want a bell cow in fantasy that I know is going to get me consistent production every single week. And as this year, there's probably 11, maybe a dozen running backs that I would consider in that realm. And if you don't get one in the first two rounds, you're immediately dealing with these aging running backs, running back situations that we have no idea what's happening in the backfield with the Saints and the Patriots and the Packers, and you can just go down the list, and it's just frustration after frustration, whereas at least with a wide receiver, if you get a number two on a team like a Marvin Jones is your number three, four wide receiver, not it's not exciting, but it's a lot better than trying to figure out the running back position for your number two running back the entire season.
1: Oh, Jake, you're so right. Late last season, I was writing articles about, well, is Capri Bibbs the guy to go with this week if you're desperate for a running back? <laughs> like, we go, you have to go so deep because there's so many committees, running back by committees, or injuries, or, or whatever. But yeah, you're right. If you don't get that, those top 10, you are just scrambling and hoping, like Bilal, Powell, Matt, Forte, perfect example last year with the Jets. All right, well, you roll with Forte for a bit, then Powell would, would vulture a couple TDs. Then you go with him, and Forte comes. Like, you're just chasing your tail.
0: Yeah, that's what people have to realize every single year, is that you are just chasing your tail. And, yes, you're going to get the arguments, well, I could just go pick somebody off the waiver wire because there's always somebody every single year. But the biggest problem is that was with the whole zero-RB thing that kicked up a few years ago. And that's fine if you're the only person doing it in your league. That's (laughs) perfectly fine. You'll probably win that way. But the fact is there's not going to be only one person doing that. Injuries are going to happen. And if one or two people take wide receivers early and wait to the third, fourth, fifth round to draft their running back, you're chasing the same dang guys on the waiver wire. You're having to spend more either in your, uh, like your waiver wire priority or your auction budget to go grab these players. And then, as you mentioned, Capri Bibbs, you can go back, you could end up getting a Hillman that's great for a couple of weeks mm-hmm. and then nothing after that from a few years ago. Or you could get somebody who just you think is the next man up and gets completely usurped by somebody else on the roster. So you're just playing that game, which adds a lot of luck, which is just the one thing I always try to eliminate as much as possible in fantasy football.
1: In conversation with Jake Seely from Roto Experts and the Fantasy Sports Network on Twitter at All In Kid. Now, one of the more interesting off season acquisitions, Brandon Cooks from the Saints to the Patriots. Now we know in New Orleans with Drew Brees, you're in the dome. He can run that X fly, right? And just, just go, go down in perfect weather conditions, back to back, 1100 plus yards, uh, receiving, uh, nine touchdowns and eight touchdowns last year. But going to New England, like, Jake, this is the biggest wild card because you can, one week, Chris Hogan can look like a fantasy god and, and somebody can just fall off. Like, Brandon Cooks, in New England, where do you see him slotting in, and how, what's his value? Like, how, how, where should people be taking him?
0: Well, let's compare the situations. Uh, older quarterback who throws for almost 5,000 yards every single year, the 40 touchdowns around there, 35 to 40 touchdowns multitude of weapons on the field every single week you don't know who it's going to be uh let's go down they don't have the greatest arms and down you, it's, he went from the same quarterback to the same quarterback and, and honestly <laughs> he probably went to the more efficient quarterback as we've seen with the touchdown to interception ratio that was the the, top, uh, the all-time best last year with tom brady I'm not that worried about it, honestly. I think a lot of people are getting hung up. Like what you said, it was like the Chris Hogan stuff. Well, let's go back again. Dante Stallworth years ago for this, it's every single week, it's like, oh, my God, I can't believe Drew Brees is thrown to this guy, or I can't believe yeah. Drew Brees got a touchdown for this. It's the same thing with the tight end position over there. It's, you know, why are they using their fourth tight end? Who the hell is this guy? <laughs> and that's the thing. He's going basically from you, the, the NFC's version of the Patriots to the AFC's West version of the Saints. I have no problem with Brandon Cooks. I think he's still a wide receiver. One, I still think he's going to catch around 80 balls, 1,000 to 1,100 yards, eight or nine touchdowns, and that's the real appeal. Let's just say there's some inconsistency, which has actually been a little bit overstated with Brandon Cook's inconsistencies. They're there, but you know we're also not talking about a top-five wide receiver. But even if he gets the eight touchdowns, he has the potential for more now with Tom Brady. As, as much right. as I just said, it's a similar situation. Drew Brees throws a ton of his own. You know the the efficiency here, and for the fact of the plays that he can make if Gronkowski is healthy and opening the field, and less attention from the fact of all the weapons. I just think that he could easily get double digit touchdowns. So, do I want him as my wide receiver one? I would much prefer him as my number two. But if I went running back, running back, and he was my wide receiver one, I wouldn't be upset with that.
1: Now, what about with the running backs on the Patriots? Because that each year now you you want to talk about frustration. Uh, it, It it. Bill Belichick, I think, just just trolls fantasy leagues and can randomly pop out some guy for uh, 200 yards and you never hear from him again. So you lose Legarrett Blunt. you have on the roster now uh, uh, Brandon Bolden, Rex Burkhead, LaShawn Daniels Jr., DJ Foster, Mike Gillisley over from Buffalo, Deion Lewis, James White. Does this reek of committee or is there somebody you kind of like?
0: Yeah, apparently we all forgot about Bill Belichick after <laughs> one good year of a running back in New England. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand it. People taking Mike Gillislee in the fourth-slash-fifth-round range, you go guess what? If you want to lose your fantasy league, go right ahead and make that draft pick. Because <laughs> <Love it. laughs> guess what the reports were this morning? Oh, we're getting Rex Burke had a bunch of touches and oh, want to boy. see what he can do in this backfield. It's just stop with the Billichick nonsense. You know, Blount was a terrific value last year, very touchdown-dependent. As you see, I mean, 18 touchdowns. So it's going to make you an RB1 every single year. But you know, Mike Gillisley was remarkably efficient when he was talking about the red zone carries and converting the touchdowns with the Bills. That's the potential here. But also we'll go back to Bilichek, It's the one thing that he's always done is he loves to utilize these pass catching running backs. He has three to the one. Assuming those are the four that stay with the sure. team: being uh, Gillislee, White, Lewis, and Burkhead. Uh, he's got three to one, which are more the ones that fit the offense and more the ones that fit his style. Burke uh, Gillislee will be the goal line option. But I don't think he's getting anywhere near 1,000 yards. I have him in for about eight touchdowns, which is a fair season. He's a low-end RB2, high-end RB3 in standard, a little bit lower in PPR. But people are drafting him as he's a top-15 running back, thinking he's going to score 18 touchdowns like Blunt, and I think they're out of their
1: minds. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And uh, like Dwayne Allen on that Patriots team, too, you have Gronk. That seems like the perfect handcuff because, okay, if Gronk's there, we we know what Gronk can do, but chances are you know he's probably not going to be there the whole season. Uh, Dwayne Allen, even even at this stage of his career, has been banged up a little bit. Can he feel fill that Martellus Bennett role and be that kind of late uh, tight end pickup that you can sneak in?
0: I think he's a great t- late tight end pickup, or even if you don't draft him, just keep your eyes on him, mm. or uh, like you know, do it. I, I would honestly try to draft him late because of what you said. You know, would it surprise anybody if Gronk got hurt before no. the season started? I mean, honestly, this is, you feel like, I this is what I don't get about some of these things, is people are scared off by Jordan Reed, and rightfully so. Uh, but they were scared off on Jordan Reed before the season even started. But this guy who has back surgery also was <laughs> just like, oh, you know what, it's fine. It's, it's Brockowski, he's only missed games every single year. It's fine, you know, whatever. <laughs> like, I just don't understand it, and you're right about Dwayne Allen. That's the other part I don't understand is why people are just dismissing Dwayne Allen. Remember that excitement for Dwayne Allen when he was with the Colts? Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, now he's on the Patriots, he's the number two, which has always been productive on mm-hmm. the Patriots' offense, even with Gronkowski healthy. And all those people are just like, eh, forget it, whatever. I guess I guess Gronkowski's catching 2,000 yards and 15 touchdowns. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> exactly. In conversation with Jake Seeley from uh, Roto Experts and the Fantasy Sports Network on Twitter, at AllInKid. Let's go to some sleepers here, Jake. And last year you had, and it was due to injury, uh, with Keenan Allen out, but uh, Terrell Williams really popped up and took advantage of uh, of Phil Rivers with the Chargers. He's now, uh, as far as ranking goes, I'm looking at a Fox Sports ranking. He's underneath Sammy Watkins. They drafted the Big Mike Williams, but he's banged up. Um, where, wh- who are a couple of sleepers that you're you're looking at uh, early on, specifically wide receiver, or just yeah, anybody in general? Yeah, you know what? If, uh, maybe start with wide receiver. Then if anybody bounces out.
0: All right, so wide receiver so far, I think that if healthy, which is understandable this sometimes we have to deal with this situation, but Corey Coleman, mm. he has a ton of talent, and he's terrific after the catch. He's terrific at separating. They need somebody to step up even after bringing in Kenny Britt. They need a second wide receiver. And honestly, I could see a day where he's potentially the number one targeted wide receiver in this offense, but he has to stay healthy. If he is healthy, I think he's going to a terrific value to stick with wide receiver with a situation that just happened with Will Fuller. You know, everybody's so excited about Terrell Pryor. Well, there's another player that basically is on that same path, and that's Braxton Miller for the Houston Texans, which people are just (laughs) ignoring 100%. They're still talking about Jalen Strong from last year, who I saw promise with him, and I even said coming out of college, size, speed, strength, combination, but the hands, good God. And we, again, saw last year, the hands, good God. (laughs) And I'm just looking at this where... Braxton Miller was already going to be their slot wide receiver. And now I think he could potentially, this is one of those 13th, 14th round flyers that you just go ahead and throw the dice on and he could be the number two there. And they're definitely going to have better quarterback play than they had
1: last year. Right, right. Whether that's a, more of a game manager and Tom Savage, or kind of running around with Deshaun Watson, Braxton Miller—that's fascinating because, of course, he's the former Ohio State quarterback. But the difference to me, Jake, is that unlike a lot of guys who you know played quarterback in college or whatever and just come in to try to become a wide receiver like a Terrell Pryor or a conversion, Braxton Miller took his last year in college at with the Buckeyes as a wide receiver. So he's, he's further along than he would have been just trying to pick up. The position, not a lot of action last year, of course, just 15 catches uh, for 99 yards, but that's that's interesting. So you think he could be a could be a player? I definitely think he could be a
0: player. There's somebody to watch. You know, we to have plenty of time. We haven't even had our first real preseason game yet, mm-hmm. so and there's still plenty of time to see what happens. Oh, here. Sure, but sure. If yeah, if you're drafting this weekend, which some people do, or even next weekend, go ahead, throw the 14th round pick on him, 13th round, even if you just want to make sure you get him. The biggest thing is too. It also, if your league allows it. Don't draft a kicker now. First of all, don't play in kicker leagues. to be kicker. But if you are, don't draft one now if you're allowed to not fill out your entire roster because go and get these flyers at running back and the sleepers at wide receiver because by week one, you drop whichever one didn't pan out. and you know, You're know you going to end up dropping people in the season anyway, so you mm-hmm. get that extra bullet in your chamber. You drop them when the season starts. Go pick up your daggone kicker
1: then. <laughs> get them later. Love it. Jake, never enough time, buddy. Thank you so much. Always. All right. That is Jake Seeley, senior writer and talent evaluator at Roto Experts and the Fantasy Sports Network on Twitter, at All in kids. So uh, fantasy football, but also fantasy baseball. It's coming up to playoff push time in your fantasy baseball league. So uh, keep an eye on Jake Sealy there. We're going to step aside, come back, chat with Craig Button, our TSN resident scout and GM, calling the World Junior Summer Showcase on TSN. We'll get his insight on some of the uh, the younger players that have NHL potential. A lot more coming up here on Toronto Today. Welcome back to Toronto Today. Happy Friday, everybody. I'm Andy McNamara with you until 1 o'clock. You can get us on Twitter at TSN 1050 Radio. Myself at AndyMC81. Still to come, some NFL talk with Zig Cassie at 12.05. Host and anchor for Sirius XM NFL Radio. Over some of the storylines in NFL training camp, Ryan Tannehill. Knee unstable. What are the Dolphins going to do at quarterback? So We'll get to... All that NFL storyline talk. We'll touch on the Jays. Also, our Twitter poll questions. And uh, ESPN on NBA putting out a poll saying that uh, the Raptors are... They ranked them 6th in projected wins this season. At 43.4 wins. So at TSN 1050 Radio, at Mc 81 you can vote on how many wins you think the Raptors are going to get. But there it is August, and there is hockey on. On the line now, Craig Button. Our TSN resident scout and GM is in Plymouth, Michigan, calling the World Junior Summer Showcase. Craig, great to talk with you, man. How are you?
3: I am good, and I am definitely taking the over on the Raptors' wins. Oh, you got it. They um, have fifty-one wins. Like, give me a break. Like, and, and I, I like what you side Magari did in the offseason. I like what he did. He made some moves to change the the, the complexion of the team and. I think they're, uh, I think they'll definitely get more than that projected win total.
1: So I'm all in on the over. All right. So Craig's going over. I'm, I'm with you, man. I, I, they just haven't gotten any worse. So I don't really see that projection, but the Raptors don't get any respect. We know that. So, um, anyway, let's, uh, let's take a look at the world junior summer showcase that you're calling. You have, uh, there's Canada and Sweden at one o'clock on TSN one, three, four and five. And then at, uh, four PM, it's United States versus Finland on TSN one, three, four and five as well. Uh, let's start with the Maple Leafs, uh, Craig and Timothy Lilligren at the tournament there. What have you thought of him so far? How's he looked?
3: Well, I mean, I've only seen him one game, and I'm not going to make a big, hard evaluation, <laughs> good or bad, on Timothy Lolligren based on uh, one game. And it w- it'll be the same after today's game. I mean, the bottom line is, is Timothy Lolligren has a lot of talent. He's a, he's a defenseman uh, that can skate, that's very competitive. And, you know, somebody I've watched for two years and, you know, you, 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 you build the dossier on the player and you continue to watch and you're going to continue to watch and assess about, uh, you know, you're, what you're going to assess now is your own assessment. Okay. Hmm, okay.
2: So,
3: you know, is he, is he better than I thought? Is he not as good as I thought? Is this an area that I didn't see? Is this an area that he's developing in? But he's a really good defenseman. He's a, he's, a, he, like I said, he he uses his skating, to transport the puck, he uses his skating uh, defensively, he, he's got great leverage, he's got great strength on his skates. He, he gets under opponents and can take you off the puck. and I think that those are the elements that uh, you know allow you to play in the NHL. Now at what level you're going to play at and, and how good a player you're going to be at is predicated on some other things, and the, some of those things are developmental. I, I think for defensemen, uh, a big part of it is not just learning what to do. But just as importantly, learning what not to do. And I think young defensemen, because they have the puck a lot and because they can do so many things at younger ages, they have to learn that you might not be able to do those same things as you advance up the up the levels. And I, I don't think it's any different for Timothy Lillegren. Uh, but, you know, I think the Leafs got a real good, solid player there and somebody that's going to have a, a real good, long NHL
1: career. So, Craig, is that the goal for, for GMs and, and scouts in general at this tournament to, to kind of reassess the tape they've watched or seen in person? Is that, is that the main goal coming out of this tournament for them?
3: Well, I don't know if it's, it's one of the goals. Let's put it that way. I don't think it's the, I don't think, uh, you know, I wouldn't rank them. I, I think when you've drafted a player, uh, in the first round, uh, you know, just over a month ago, and then you've signed those players, so the first round picks get signed, I mean, this is not really, I, I don't think it's the, it's, it's wise to start, uh, making a value, oh boy, he, he's better than, better than we thought, or he's, we're not as good as we thought. I, I think you're just, you're watching it's a higher level of competition he's gone through development camp now with the leash, and as as have all the other players so you know you got a little bit more of a feel for the player in terms of your own group you you've expressed to the player how you feel about him some of the things you want him to work on and i think most importantly you're watching your own players with the idea okay are they applying the things that they need to apply I could get better. Now, that's for the just recently drafted players. For, for the players that have already been drafted uh, in 2016, I think it's a different evaluation. I think you're, you you want to see how much they've developed in the course of a year's time and, uh, and and where they're headed and how you feel about it. So I think there's two categories of players, the ones just recently drafted and the ones that were drafted a year ago.
1: And I guess too, like, it's, it's like any world tournament or, or tournament where you're not with the team that you're, you're gonna end up with the pro club or whatever. It's a different system. It's, it's different players you're not gonna be accustomed to. So I, I guess there's only so much you can really get out of it over such a short period of time, right?
3: Well, you know one of the things, Andy, that's happened, and and I I mean it's happened in Europe for a long time, it happens with the U.S. and the Canadian programs now, is that these players have played together at at different points on, on national teams, whether it be U-17, whether it be U-18, whether it be U-20, tryout camps. So there's a lot more familiarity than than you realize, and and, and the coaching staffs know it, and, and they're trying different things uh, with the players in terms of who they play with and t- trying players in different positions, but it, it's not willy-nilly. Really it's done with the idea that, hey, listen, we have a pretty good understanding of what this player's strengths are. We've seen him uh, do really well playing in this situation with these types of players. And that's what they try to do is, is get them back in, in, in those scenarios and, and in those situations. Really, what you're trying to do is just set them up for success. But players don't come in here blind. Uh, they, they have a lot of familiarity with the, with the way the coaches want to play and with the other players.
1: In conversation with TSN hockey analyst Craig Button on Twitter, at Craig J. Button, covering the World Junior Summer Showcase in Plymouth, Michigan. So Team Canada, 6-5 overtime win Wednesday. They play Sweden today on the Canadian team. Who is, has anyone caught your eye specifically there, Craig? Anyone impressing you? Uh, well, I
3: mean, I, I mean, the other day, I, I mean, one of the things, and, 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 and I'll just preface this, uh, my answer be with, with this. You know, People say, "Oh, it's summer hockey," and keep that in mind. Yeah, it is. It's obviously summer hockey because it's being played in August. <laughs>
4: right. These
3: players are serious about the competition. They're serious about the. Is it at the same level when they're ramping up to a World Junior Championship or mm-hmm. uh, a playoffs? No, it isn't. But but nothing. Is. But 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 every player is is on is on equal footing here in terms of their competitive level and it's very competitive and the players want to put their best foot forward so i think that that's important to say now you know uh, the other the the game against finland it was really interesting for me you know they're down 4-2 with with five minutes left in the game just with under five minutes left in the game And, and and you're watching okay Players are going to get an opportunity. This is is an important time. What are you going to try to do? What do you want to try to initiate in terms of of your play and trying to make things happen? So, obviously, Matthew Phillips ends up scoring two goals, but the guy that, to me, was a real catalyst for them was Brett Houghton. Brett Howden won two key faceoffs in the offensive zone with the goalie pulled. One led to the, uh, tying goal. He made a key play in the neutral zone that led to the go ahead goal by Matthew Phillips. And those are the types of things that I'm looking for. Those players that Hey listen, this is an important time of the game. I want to try to make something positive happen for my team. And so for me, Brett Howden was really good. Goaltender Dylan Wells, uh, he got in there, you know, Stuart Skinner did not have what you would call a real solid game, gave it up four goals, but D- Dylan Wells, you know, really shut the door. He never let the, the, the fins widen their lead. They ended up, they ended up tying it late on, on a real nice play, but I thought Dylan Wells really acquitted himself in the net. And, and that's what you have to do. You have to leave an impression, one that's impl- one that's positive and one that says to the coaches, hey, that's somebody that showed me some things at, at important times of the game. And, and to me, those two players, I mean, Matthew Phillips, obviously the two goals, Michael McLeod scores the overtime winner, Samuel Girard, I thought was outstanding in that game. So those would be, uh, the five players that I really thought, uh, acquitted themselves extremely well in that game against him.
1: Great stuff, Craig. Thank you so much for the time. You're on uh, 1 o'clock, Canada versus Sweden? I am. Excellent. So we'll, we'll catch you there, and uh, have a great rest of the summer. We'll see you soon. Thank you, Andy. You have a great day. All right. Thank you, sir. That is Craig Button, our TSN resident scout and GM on Twitter, at Craig J. Button. You can catch him on Color Commentary with Gordon Miller, Canada versus Sweden World Junior Summer Showcase, today at 1 p.m. You can watch it on TSN 1.0. 3, 4, and 5. Then at 4 o'clock, you have the United States against Finland, also on TSN, One, three, four, and 5. Toronto Today, brought to you in part by Lease Busters. They'll rescue you from your car lease. lease Busters? Heroic? Maybe. Helpful? Totally. People who would love to take over your car lease. for your lease relief, go to leasebusters.com. Still to come in the show, we're going to get into the poll questions. We're going to open up the phones. It's a, it's a long weekend, so... If you're driving up to the cottage or getting ready or whatever, or just just want to talk, we got Raptors being projected at 43.4 wins. Sixth in the Eastern Conference by the uh, NBA on ESPN. They put out that poll. Where are you at with the Raptors? Over 43? Under 43? They had 51 last year. Also, NFL preseason kicking off last night. So, which team do you think has the best chance to knock off the defending Super Bowl champs? The New England Patriots. The Cowboys, Packers, Steelers. Or Raiders. You can talk Jays. They're back in action against Houston tonight. Argos lost. Anything you want to talk about, 416-870-1050. 416-870-1050. We'll take your calls and tweets after the break. For, uh, Zig for Cassie for some NFL talk coming up at 12.05. I'm Andy Matten-Amer and You're listening to Toronto Today on TSN 1050. Jay's in action tonight. Argo's lost and Ricky Ray goes down. NFL preseason starts. Injuries in training camp. World Junior Hockey Showcase. Raptors wins put out by ESPN. Sixth in the Eastern Conference. What do you want to talk about? 416-870-1050. 416-870-1050. Toll free 855-591-6876. We also have a couple... Poll questions up on Twitter at TSN 1050 Radio at Andy MC81. The first one is yeah, the, the Raptors being projected to win by ESPN 43.4 games below Charlotte after winning 51 last year. How many wins do you think the Raptors will have? Under 43, 43 to 47, 48 to 50, or 50. Plus, they had 51 last year. You can vote there. Then our NFL poll question, which NFL team do you feel has the best chance to knock off the defending champion Patriots and capture the Super Bowl this year? We have listed the Dallas Cowboys, Green Bay Packers, Pittsburgh Steelers, Oakland Raiders. Twitter only gives us four options. You can feel free to tweet in your own or call in your own. 416-870-1050, toll free eight five five Let's go to Brian in Toronto. Brian, who do you think can knock off the Pats?
4: And you're always going to go with the team that uh, I don't know if you mentioned there uh, in, the, in the list that you rattled off there, but I was going to go with Atlanta. I mean, I know people talk about the Super Bowl hangover and whatnot, but I um, mean, you know, obviously a team that lost the Super Bowl has not gotten back since those Buffalo Bills the, the, yeah. uh, from from you know 25 years ago or so. But um, you look at that Atlanta offense. I mean, a lot of teams, a lot of teams that uh, win the Super Bowl or even go to the Super Bowl, they're they, they lose a lot of players to free agency. You look at the offense, they got 9 of 11 starters coming back. Well, actually really 10 of 11 because, I mean, the two guys they lost were was the Silver Fox, at right guard, Chris Chester, and they lost uh, you know Patrick Pancake to Marco, their fullback, who went to Buffalo. So, you know, aside from that, they, they pretty much got everybody coming back. Um, you know, people can talk about Kyle Shanahan. I understand that could be a big loss because, because that, that quarterback um, O.C., Relationship and synergy is is very important. I mean, sure. it takes a lot of it takes a lot of time to develop that communication where those guys were thinking on the same wavelength, pretty much knowing what the other guys thinking before before he even does. But but you know what? I think the advantage is here with, with Sarkeesian is that um, I think he's going to give Matt Ryan a little bit more freedom than Shanahan allowed, um, and and I actually think that there's potential for this offense to get even better. Watch out for Austin Hooper. I think that uh, you know he could be in for a breakout season. Um, they, and they got. Obviously, we know at the at the skill positions. I mean, they're loaded at the wide receiver position. Oh yeah, in the back. We got the dynamic duo in the back. And you know what? They got one of the most underrated offensive lines in of the league. People talk about Dallas and and the Oakland, but that but they got a really underrated offensive line. I don't I don't got to tell you about Alex Mack. You know you know what Alex Mack oh. can do.
1: Oh yeah, and and Brian, you're absolutely right. And under a Kyle Shanahan offense, you need the offensive line. It's very important the offensive line to move because he is that zone read. The offensive line in a Kyle Shanahan system has to move like a a fence, like an attachment. They move in unison. to have, and, and the running backs are so important back there because you got to be able to cut when the is creative. You can't necessarily just have a plow-ahead type guy or someone who's going to scoot around the edge. So that O-line, great point, Brian, and terrific call um, about the importance of the offensive line. Also, Matt Ryan, so think about this. Guys, I had a, a phenomenal season, got to the Super Bowl, 32 years old, been doing it 10 years in the league, and he went in the offseason to train with quarterback guru Tom House out in California he's not sitting back saying yeah I got this he's training he's trying to get better not just working out and staying in shape his mechanics throwing motion Tom House is a former pitcher and he's been working a lot with uh, Hugh Jackson as well the Browns coach um, and several quarterbacks out there to try to work. So you got uh, rookies out to see him, but Matt Ryan, an established guy, that shows the commitment. So I think there is there is the real potential for a Super Bowl hangover. But as he said, Austin Hooper at the tight end position, um, he he could step up. Julio Jones' health is always a concern. Taylor Gabriel broke out. Uh, you know, you, you don't want to sleep on Mohamed Sanu either. He can be a, a game changer. Uh, let's go to now, uh, Frank in Brampton. You want to talk the other side of the football, the other league, the Argos, who lost to Calgary last night. Frank, how are you?
4: I am fantastic, Andy. Long time no talk.
1: Absolutely. Excellent. So uh, what do you
4: think? Well, you know, the offense was pathetic and anemic last night. It's clear that, that the Argos need desperately to stop getting Ray dirty. Mm-hmm. And this is not something that just happened last night. It's been going on all year. Ray has been uh, hit pretty hard pretty often, and we know that his age requires him to be a lot cleaner than he's been. The question I have for you is, uh, can the Argos do it? Can they, can they bring in uh, new offensive linemen, and maybe with some of those uh, castoffs from the NFL, I do know they have a lot of Canadians on their team. They're really Mm -hmm. deep, and they're able actually to play more Canadians. What do you think of the idea of bringing in some real high-caliber offensive line and maybe as far as NFL cuts are concerned?
1: Frank, thanks so much for the call. And that's a great point because you're going to start seeing players coming in as cuts happen around the National Football League. happens every year from a variety of positions. So we won't know the quality, the caliber, the relationship. Uh, remember too, Mark Tressman, right, has been in the NFL the last what three years, A couple years with the Bears and offensive coordinator with the with the Ravens. So he's he's built up NFL relationships and contacts. So you see a whole bunch of cuts uh, coming, and then players getting tryouts. Now, at that point, it depends where where the mindset of the player is, right? You have guys who get cut, come up, don't take it seriously, and don't work out. But Frank, I, I absolutely agree with. They have to find a way to keep Ricky Ray cleaner. And I think for the most part this year, they have. But you see how delicate that balance is. He gets smoked, injured shoulder. We don't know the severity yet. And then you have Cody Fajero. Big guy. Out of Nevada. 6'5", 215. But he's a runner. He's a play-action guy. He's more of, of that gimmick change of pace that you want as the backup to put in when you want some gimmick rear. Go for it uh, on short yardage. I don't know. If you want Cody Fajardo leading the offense for a elongated period of time, when he's not a passer, he's not a pocket passer. That's not him. So then you look to the third quarterback. You have Jeff Matthews. A couple years ago, got some playing time in Miami or in, in uh, Hamilton when Zach Caleros went down. And Jeff Matthews very smart. Got to know him a little bit. Very smart guy. Out of Cornell University, a cerebral raw though. Another big body guy. The game hasn't slowed down for him a lot. If you're looking for a more traditional type of passer, he might be an option. And maybe if Ray's out for a long period of time, hopefully he's not. But if he is, maybe you have Jeff Matthews in as the more traditional one, but mix in Cody Fajardo a lot more into the action, kind of like what uh, Ty Cats were doing with Jeremiah Masoli a little bit. The the bad side of that, of course, is you have run the risk of your quarterback not getting into a rhythm and not being able to. Uh, to focus or get um, comfortable with his receivers, because uh, Mike Hogan was telling us yesterday after the Argos' loss. If you don't know, at practice, Ricky Ray gets all the snaps, every one. Now the quarterbacks are back behind him, practicing their timing, going through their reads, progressions, etc. But they're not throwing to the receivers. They're not getting the touches. They're not getting the feel. The receivers aren't going to know what type of ball. A Cody Fujardo throws or a Jeff Matthews. But yeah, for Ricky Ray, gotta keep him clean, man. Gotta keep him clean. Phone number's 416 870 1050. Toll free 855 591 6876. And uh, for our Raptors poll question, which is how many wins are the Raptors gonna get after ESPN projected them to just get 43.4 after a 51 win season? This from at New FireDog says playoff wins are the only thing that matter and it'll be under eight for sure. And that's a good point. We Hey, Raptors have had a a whole bunch of regular season wins, but we've seen them fall apart in the playoffs. When? The last two years when it's come to Cleveland. Now, can you blame the Raptors? They had LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love and company. Anybody was going to fall to them. But are you going to be able to take that next step with... Some disruption potentially in Cleveland where who knows what's going to happen with Kyrie Irving. That's true. We're at the point now where it's not just fun to win in the regular season. Hey, we got the Atlantic Division banner. Okay, that was cool the first time. Okay, the second time. Now I don't care. I don't care about a division banner. I want playoff wins. How am I going to get that? CJ Miles isn't going to put you over the top with a Cavs team that was built like last year. But if there's some disruption, if things go sideways, who knows, right? Boston's definitely in the mix too. Uh, we'll get into uh, back into our poll questions: Raptors win total and who can knock off the Patriots? How to call her say the Atlanta Falcons? You can vote at TSN 1050 Radio at Andy MC81. We'll take the break at 12:05. Zig for Cassie, host of Sirius XM's NFL Radio, will join me. We'll talk NFL training camp storylines coming up here on Toronto today.